Welcome to Fight the Burnout. In this episode, it's a very special one. Uh, Stevie, who we interviewed today, she actually opens up and talks about uh, some self-harm and some uh, suicidal um, ideologies and thoughts. So do be aware of that uh, if you are triggered by that. We also talk about her why. And as a why coach, I identify that it is possibly deeper. And so after this episode, we actually took her through the process and we identified the deep and true why of her internal why that's driven from her childhood that has stemmed through her whole entire life. So listen till the very, very end. After we close out, uh, I've added in a little recording telling you what her why is and the impact of this finding this deep-seated true why and where it comes from uh, and how it impacts her instantly. So enjoy this episode and we will talk to you at the end. Welcome to another episode of Fight the Burnout. Uh, today we have a, a special guest, um, a fellow American who is living down under, you could call it as well. Uh, we have Stevie Noah, who is a religious trauma specialist. Uh, and she does a lot of similar techniques to what I do, uh, but targets them towards um, that religious side, which we're going to talk about uh, today, especially. She is, like I said, fellow American. Uh, from Soap Lake, I have no idea where that is, but it's in Washington State, not to be you know, mixed up with Washington, D.C., two totally different sides of the country. Uh, but so that I stop rambling on, no, uh, Stevie, why don't you take it away? Tell us a little bit about your experience and background with burnout and how you've gotten to where you are now with all these different tools and stuff that you have. Ooh, okay. So background. So background, uh, I start, I grew up, as you said, in Soap Lake, Washington, which is tiny, tiny little town in the middle of nowhere in Soap Lake. Um, and I was raised on a cattle ranch. And so from a very, very young age, um, it was all work, no play. So there was no allowance of burnout. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Growing up. In fact, um, the majority of, I mean, like we, we got up, we were homeschooled. So it was get up, we are not allowed to eat unless the animals were fed first. And then after the animals were fed and the first bits of chores were done, then we got to come inside, have breakfast. Then it was schoolwork. Then it was back out for more chores. And then if we had extra time in the evening, if, you know, the cows hadn't broke down the fences and all of the, you know, all the other chores, like the um, thistles were chopped and the rocks were picked and everything else was done. Then we got to enjoy the evenings a little bit. We got to go ride our horses or, you know, my brothers, their motorcycles and that sort of thing. But yeah, any, any sort of sit down, chill out, relax mode whatsoever was filled with a lot of guilt. So, okay. <laughs> so I yeah. didn't think that you could, you know, burn out because, you know, you're young for a while, mm -hmm. or many, many years. And it wasn't until I got older that burnout actually started happening. And then I got the guilt and I had to get through that. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it started as cattle ranching and then yeah. from the cattle ranching, where'd you go next? Well, from Cattle Ranch, I went to college because um, I wasn't supposed to. So I rebelled and went to school. Ooh, um, nice. Yeah. We've yeah, got the so opposite. Was... I was supposed to go to college and I didn't. <laughs> oh, really? Well, you know, I just got myself in debt. So it really didn't do too much. I didn't use any of it, except it was really good because I was homeschooled. It was great for social, you know, socialization and learning about people and actually getting a little bit of an education. By that yeah. point, I was so far behind. It was really hard to catch up. But even in college, I worked three jobs because my, you know, I was putting myself through school. Uh, so I was working three jobs. I was going to school full time. I was trying to maintain good grades, even though I didn't have a good education. Um, 
And I was partying my ass off, really. <laughs> That's what I was doing yep. because yep. I was trying to socialize and have a life and do all the things I never got to do. Yeah. But, yeah. So then started rebelling. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got that one. I did a bit of that. I grew up. I, I, hey, we got similar stories, actually. I think that's why we get along so well. I grew up homeschooled, yeah. homeschooled on a sailboat. So um, absolutely yes. loved it. But then was supposed to go to university. But um, my parents were pretty good about it. My dad, not so much in the beginning, but he came around once I joined the police force. Um, sure. But yeah. Okay. So you went to you went to university uh, doing three jobs, uh, partying your ass off, probably staying yes. up all night long, then yep. go straight to work or school and yeah, fun times. And then from university, did you graduate or? Uh, I actually didn't end up graduating simply because, well, it wasn't simple, but I ended up losing my partner at the time to cancer. And it, so it's kind of devastating story. And then my, and my grandma committed suicide. So this is a real side, sad, you know, side of the story, I guess you could say, but um, yeah, the grandma committed suicide, uh, lost the, the boyfriend to cancer. It was just sort of a mess and I couldn't focus obviously. Yeah. Um, but I, and I was a dental assistant at the time. That was one of my three jobs and I was going to school to be a dental hygienist. And then it was actually all of that stuff kind of turned me towards, I just, I just threw in the towel. Really. I became a waitress. I started traveling like a vagabond, just with a bag of clothes yeah. and traveled. And I would stay in one place, maybe up to three months at most. And then I'd move on. And that was probably one of the most exciting fun times of my life because I really got, I just traveled. I waited tables. I didn't care about, um, too many important things, <laughs> mm. but I still pushed myself all the time. You know, I'd still work. Like when I was in one spot, I would work many, many, many hours, sometimes in a, quite a few restaurants. In fact, when I met my now husband, I was working at three restaurants in Juneau, Alaska during the summer months, the busiest months of the year, um, and maintaining a social life. And uh, getting ready to travel to South America. So I'd work really, really hard. And then I would take months at a time. And then I would take some, either like six weeks or three months off or something like that and go travel. So that was kind of my rotating schedule back then. So you'd yo-yo up and down. Oh, yeah. Big time. Because <laughs> you, can't, you can't maintain that what I was doing. Yeah. You just can't maintain that for very long. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It is, it is very true. So... So you did that and then, so you met your now husband uh, yeah. and then what happened from there? So met him and then, uh, well, we had a bit of, like we moved to Mexico for a little bit and then we, Mexico didn't really pan out because I had um, followed an ex-con. I've got a lot of stories. Oh, followed cool. an ex-con. <laughs> con. <laughs> he actually had been smuggling drugs for America, for the CIA that's his story anyways, from Mexico up to Alaska. And he invited me to go to Mexico with him and work for him in his company and sell stocks in, um, in his, in the mines that he was building or that he was getting created at the time. Anyways, he ended up getting really, really sick. My new boyfriend, who's now my husband at the time, he and I went for as long as we could, but the money wasn't coming in fast enough. And we just decided to skedaddle and come over here to Australia, to his hometown. And then okay. <laughs> the, this is when I finally started to settle down, chill out, become a coach, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what sparked <laughs> the chilling part? Um, I just... Well, it's really, you just have to, like when you're in a relationship, it's, you know, 
it's different. You can't just go out every night of the week. You can't spend all weekend not coming home and sleeping on the beaches and doing whatever you want. You kind of have to relax. And also, you know, I had been a waitress at that point for, gosh, I think maybe seven years, eight years, something like that and traveling and that sort of thing. So I kind of, I needed to find a career mm-hmm. and working for other people was not my idea of fun. Um, and working at a desk job was not my idea of fun sitting down all day. So, and I also had a lot of, you know, I was having my own sort of unraveling of, of deep trauma that I hadn't worked through. I just partied through and traveled through and all that sort of stuff. And so, yeah. And then there was just that, that right person, right time. I found coaching. I got a coach. I became a coach. Hypnotherapist did went down that whole route and then, you know, tried many different flavors of that over 10 years, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. I know it's, it's so hard. Like I was thinking actually about it today. I was sitting out on the deck of my apartment and I was going, I honestly can't even remember what it felt like to be at my rock bottom when I was Yeah. Like, I know that I know the idea of the feeling, but I don't yeah. know the actual like the dark, how dark it actually was. I know it was dark. Like I know yes. it was, but it's just that those emotions just aren't there anymore because they've just been rewired so many times. Exactly. It's like you're disassociated from that, that part of your life almost yeah. you like look at it like it's a movie almost. Like, yeah, wow, exactly. I remember it is. That. Yeah. And yeah. so it's very difficult sometimes. Like I've told my story so many times and I know key key turning points for me um, on things and because i've told it so many times and have worked through it so many times and had to go back to it so many times um because it was all ptsd related to you know that kind of stuff and then i've also just incidents almost cheating my wife and things like that uh which i kind of pass over now but it was the things that that changed me can you think of any specific events that kind of you were like wait a second Either, either it was, uh, hey, I need to change this. I don't like this anymore. Or, uh, oh, yeah. holy cow, this person is amazing. I want to be like them or whatever it was. Absolutely. Well, I I mean, there's been many. <laughs> there's many, many. <laughs> uh, one, you know, the first one being after, you know, the the boyfriend died of cancer. He was a, he was a narcissist and, and he was um, highly abusive. But because I was raised in such an environment that was so s- subjugate, like I was so suppressed and so not allowed to be anybody, you know, except what they expected me to be and not allowed to talk back or speak up or any of those kinds of things. Of course, when I left to go to college, the first person I meet is, uh, you know, a, a guy that's going to do anything he can and wants to, to me. So he cheated on me and abused me and got drunk and beat me. You know, he did all of those typical awful things. And so that, you know, after he passed away, um, that was one of the, one of the very first turning points was I, after that had gotten into methamphetamines. So I got into a lot of drugs, uh, methamphetamines being obviously the worst one at the time, drinking a lot, all that sort of thing. And for me, there was a time where I was about to, I was about to do, commit suicide myself. Like I'd punched a mirror and I'm sorry, anyone that's listening to this, but this is, you know, this is true trigger, life. Trigger and, warning. Yep. And trigger warning for sure. Um, but yeah, I punched a mirror, I grabbed a piece of glass and I was about to do it. And then there was just a moment where I was like, look, I need to, I don't, I just, I either need to figure this out, get out of the situation and do whatever it is I need to do, or I need to get this over with now. 
And I decided to give it another go, give it another shot. And my first thing I wanted to do, the only thing I could do that would get my mind off of it was to travel to Thailand and India and go volunteer. And so for whatever reason, I was broke. I couldn't afford it. I'd never traveled overseas. I'd never even been in a plane hardly at that point. You know, I think I had gone maybe to another state once and that was, it. oh yeah, I would have gone to Louisiana with my mom and that's it. That was all I'd ever done. And so, um, yeah, I just, I I literally went around the neighborhood. I asked everyone to give me their junk so I could do a garage sale. I got enough money to go overseas and that's where my whole new journey sort of began. That was one of the times. And then, you know, there's been more after that. There's been being in St. Croix after traveling for many, many, many years and partying and having fun. Um, you know, I never got back into that yuck, the real bad uh, stuff like meth or anything like that, but just partied and, and loving life and having a good old time. And there was a time, one of those particular nights where I was sitting by myself watching the sun come up. I had another all nighter and yeah, just decided I'm just sitting there and there's people around me that I didn't particularly want to be around actually. And I had to realize I'm in this beautiful tropical place. Everything in my life is awesome because I'm free, but look who I'm surrounded by. Are these the kind of people I really want to be around? You know, they, um, they weren't going anywhere. They weren't going to do anything with their lives. In fact, they put me down a lot because I still had big dreams and wanted to make something of myself. And so, yeah, that was another turning point. And then I ended up making a list of what I wanted and getting really focused on that and starting to meditate. And then I went to Alaska for the second time and that's where I met my now husband. And then the whole settling down side of things started to happen after Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After yeah. Mexico. Wow. So yeah, what a, a, lot. Mm-hmm. a journey, a journey. And it, it's yes. awesome. Now I want to pull us back. If you're okay with it, pull us back to that. You're literally right there. Yeah. Ready to do it because I know that there will be people. I know burnout causes that. Like sure. I would, I, me personally, you know, I've been on, I would do stupid shit yes. on my motorcycle. I do see how fast the thing could go and that yeah. just to feel stuff again. Um, yes, you're all numb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah completely yeah. numb. Uh, I want to I want to see if you can think because I know that there are people out there that get to that point. Mm. I've saved people that have gotten to that point. Um, what do you believe was the reason that you went? No, I'm not going to do this. I'm actually going to completely change. I'm no, this just is not a this isn't a, a, a even a I'm not even going to let this actually happen. I think um, that's a good question. And I've thought about this many, many times. I think there's, there was a little spark inside of me. There was something inside of me that remind that I just remembered that I used to be a really happy person, Mm. mostly little girl. You know, I just thought about myself as a little girl and I thought, God, I was such a happy, happy little girl and so outspoken and so, you know, so and just, I love life. And I had so many dreams and, um, and then I also have, I have two brothers and a sister and we're all very, very close Mm. and have remained very close. But during that time in my life, I didn't talk to them very much, but I just thought beyond, you know, being a happy little girl and having these dreams, I'm never going to fulfill. How is it going to be for them to have to say, our oldest sister committed suicide, you know, like, how's that? I guess I just didn't want them to be completely, um, 
I just wanted them to be a little bit proud of me and not completely disappointed. And so there was a little bit of that sort of older sister, you know, maybe a little bit of guilt, you know, going, Hey, you know, how's that for them? That's not very fair. What kind of, what kind of influence is that on your brothers and your sister? You know? So I think that helped. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know, I mean, I don't know personally, but I, I can imagine from talking to you, just listening to you here and also helping many people at that breaking point when I was still active place, um, that it, it, you know, that is normally the turning point. So for anybody who's listening to this, that is on those verges or anything, Mm -hmm. just, I mean, what would be your advice to them? Because you've been to that dark, dark, dark place. Definitely. My number one piece of advice around this number one is get out of your own, like get out of your own environment. If you can, if you can't get out of the environment, go do something for somebody else so that you stop thinking about yourself. I know that it's important that you do handle your own issues and you get to that point where you are able to work through stuff that's really messed up. I get that. But for right now, if you're at that breaking point, the one thing that kept me from really, really going for it was, like I said, my brothers, the thought of my brothers and my sisters having to say that about me. And the other thing was, is I was able to, because I went and did a volunteer program in Thailand and India, my whole, all of my energy, all of my thought process, all of everything that I had, every ounce of energy that I had went into how can I help these people, you know, and, and, and go to this place? How can I get myself there? And then once I was there, I was so focused on helping all these people that it just, you just, you get such a joy and such pleasure and such, um, they're just, they're, everyone's so kind and so grateful for you and you're alive, you know, and you're just, as you're helping these people, you're like, you don't even think about yourself yeah. except in the moment when you're like, I could have not been here doing this. And then this person right here in front of me right now would not be getting what I'm giving them and what I'm helping them with, you know, and it just, it just pulled, it just pulled me out of all that. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's a little bit of stuff, you know, think about, think about, you know, they, um, how to just give back because, just you know, give back. yeah, just giving back it is that whole yeah. thing. And, uh, yeah, it is, um, yeah, it's it's actually it's quite a, quite an interesting thing. We get so wound up in our own thoughts. I, yeah, we do. That, that we need to sometimes spark. We just need to snap, just some sort of snap to actually spark and just get our just shift our focus. It's all about focus. Where we focus, energy yes. flows. Um, and so yeah, no, that's thanks again. Thanks for sharing that, Stevie, as sure. well. Um, sure. So okay, cool. So so you've gone through all of that, and and mm-hmm. and and you've worked through it. You've gone to Mexico, then started to kind of settle down. What sparked the starting to do meditation, starting to do the coaching stuff, the, yeah. the all that? I know you said that you know you're in a relationship, so you needed to chill out. You need to figure out what you're going to do with your life. Yes. Um, but <laughs> it, it's very easy to say. But what do you feel it was that was like, hey, actually? This is yeah. the direction I want to go in. Well, um, I at that time, I was still battling uh, nightmares. So I had some very traumatic nightmares for over 15 years. I also had anxiety and depression still at that point. And I managed it by either covering it up by going out and having a good time or, you know, it was, it was one of those things where I was like, or I would just sort of disappear and just be isolated. I would self-isolate really. And that sort of thing. And it just not very good for a new relationship. You can't go out and get 
hammered with a whole bunch of people and not come home and you really can't um you know you can't self-isolate either because then that person that you're with doesn't they can't reach you yeah. and um that that that's not a good setup for a new a good relationship and he was you know obviously he's my husband now and at the time I just knew he was a special person I was like no matter what he's a great guy I'm going to give this a whirl like I, I need to try a little bit harder but I also wanted to feel, uh, heal myself so um I thought, okay, well, what can I do? Like, what can I really, really do to stop uh, having these anxiety taxes, depression and all these nightmares and everything else? And I didn't know at the time that trauma was even a thing. In fact, when coaching, we're talking, you know, 15 years ago when I actually went to school for this. So that was kind of a new thing back then. Um, there weren't a lot of people using, it was just sort of up and coming, I guess you could say. And uh, I went ahead and had a couple of sessions with a couple coaches and a couple of hypnotherapists. And I had done a lot of other like spiritual, you know, when you go and do, um, you know, I had done ayahuasca and I had done some, um, you know, things with Native Americans and sweat lodges and all that sort. Of. So I knew that there were healing modalities out there and I was always very enthralled with them. I'm also highly, I guess, a naturally spiritual person, probably either because I was raised that way or it's in it's in my charts or whatever you want to say. Just inclined. Be, 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 being out in nature consistently when you're a kid, either you go <laughs> one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. And I'm literally living a yurt, you know, yeah. like out in nature right now. So nature is like the most calming, most wonderful thing for me. But yeah, so I knew the healing modalities were an integral part of, of many people's lives. I knew about Tony Robbins and that sort of thing. And they were all very inspiring to me. So, um, yeah, I just, I was still a waitress at the time. Um, there are many options to, you know, what are you going to do with your life? It's a big question. Mm. And it just was the right thing at the right time. I thought, you know what, instead of spending, you know, 15, 20, 30 grand on a coach right now, which, you know, was a big amount of money when I'm a waitress. Um, why don't I become one? And, and that still, you know, it still cost me around the same amount, but I was able to do it in payments. I was able to take my time. I was able to learn about the brain. I was able to learn about everything instead of just, you know, going and getting the session, um, which I think is great. Now I do that with coaches now, I just really wanted to learn the science behind it and the reason it works and why it works and all of the guts of it. You know, I wanted to get in there and figure it out. And that really helped me. And I loved it, but I didn't know which direction to take it in at the time. <laughs> we never do in the beginning. Eh? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. No, that, that is, that is, that is awesome. So I guess yeah. if you were going to tell yourself, let's go, 20, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 20 <laughs> yeah. years ago. Yeah. Let's go 20 years ago. You're traveling around. Oh yeah. Let's just go 20 years ago. So you started doing this kind of like what? 15 years ago. You said 10 years ago. Uh, coaching. Yeah. 15. So I would have been traveling easy. Yeah. During that yeah. 20, 20, so years, 20 ago. years ago, if you met yourself, your 20 year old self now, <laughs> yeah, you met your 20 year old self. Now, what would be the top three things you would tell her? Ooh, that's so full on. Um, Top three things. Number one, believe in yourself because I had zero belief in myself. So absolutely believe in yourself, find a way to love yourself. So that's kind of part of one. Um, two would be 
you never ever have to stop uh, dreaming or living, even when you get in a relationship. Cause I was like adamant against relationships back then. <laughs> so you never have to stop dreaming. And number three is absolutely positively, no matter what you want to do, never, ever, 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 ever give up. Mm. Doesn't matter who tells you to, that you have to or not. Like that's one thing I will say I've always had going for me is that I've just never given up completely. Mm. Like there was low times as I've just explained, but I just somehow, even at that point was just like, no, 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 no. I'm going to figure this out. And I don't know. Do you think that comes back to your childhood? Maybe, maybe. That, that constantly just having to make sure everything's going, whether if the fences were broken, you had to work till yeah. freaking 3 a.m. in the morning and be back up at five and yeah. the go, go, go kind of go, thing. Go, go. Yeah. yeah. But, but when it's emotional, it can get you really, yeah. you know, like it is emotional when it's hard work too over time, but it's not emotional, like, a breakup or a suicide or a, or, you know, any a death or anything like that. So, yeah. So you can find, I found myself falling down a lot, but yeah, I would somehow just go, yeah, it's time yeah. to go. And, and the reason I wanted to bring that up was because, you know, you said around the, you know, that's when you believe you first started burning out, but I don't want to say this for viewers, not so much because I'm pretty sure you already know this, but mm -hmm. you can't have the, the, the hardships and the, the, the downsides and the, the, the falling overs without the getting up and the pushing and the striving yes. and the succeeding and the being the person you want to be and the, the, the aspirations and, and actually accomplishing everything. So just totally. remember that you can't have the yang without the yang. Um, Absolutely. And actually I've come to the point where I like now sort of embrace it. And it mm. still always sucks because I just like recently uh, was a career coach. I was head career coach for another woman's company. I was her head sales trainer. I, you know, trained the teams. I helped her build her business, all that stuff. She wanted me to be the uh, COO. I had all these opportunities and this is just when COVID hit. So it's been very, cause you know, I've decided to go my own way recently again, <laughs> um, but I was so burnt out and I was doing, I was working around the clock practically for her as well for at least the first year. And all these opportunities, just dangling carrots. And, but I hate, I, you know, I was exhausted. I was coming home crying. Um, I just, I had so much pressure on my shoulders from this particular company. And I was stuck in an office, which is like death to me <laughs> anyways. <laughs> so I was stuck in a white office with a cubicle, you know, and even if it, I did get a window for a little bit, it was just, I was like, this is not the life. This is not what I am sitting here coaching people on their careers and having their dreams and telling them they can have anything and do anything. And I know for a fact that this is true, but I'm not living it. Yeah. How can I do this? So now, so then when I ended up leaving that and, and making that decision and going, look, you've got opportunity here. I got back into another company, which I got to work from home, but I was a sales company for another coaching company. Same thing happened. They had me stuck in my own office then from 7 a.m., 6 to 7 a.m. in the morning on sales calls all the way till nine o'clock at night sometimes. So I did it again. Yeah. And then I was like, okay. And then I finally just put shut the door on all of it. But each time... I left something or started something new, I would get that 
you know, you get a little bit of the guilt about mm. leaving and giving up something that could be like your bread and butter forever. You get a little bit of the imposter syndrome because you're doing something new that you haven't yep. done before. You're putting all your eggs in one basket. It's all that. But then I just, it can get me down a little bit, maybe for a week or two, maybe three at most. But then there's something, I just go, wait a second. I need this. This is, yeah. this is exactly where I need to be right now because I'm about to go next level. Yeah. So bring it on. Yep. Yep. I, I refer to it all the time and I, I say it to people all the time and the younger generation now don't quite get it, but I think I'm right on that verge of, oh no, I think I'm, I'm in it, but there's, there's like only a few years, like my brother's like the end, like he's 30 now. Yeah. And I'm like, but it's like playing, did you ever play Donkey Kong when you're a kid? Yes. <laughs> I refer to it like Donkey Kong because I always think I didn't play Donkey Kong all the time, but it's, for some reason it sticks into my head. I think it's probably because I struggled with the most. <laughs> but you sit and you jump over these little hurdles consistently, the little barrels rolling down the hill. Yes. You climb up ladders. Sometimes you get a little shortcut and you go, oh, yes, wait, yeah. cool. And you find it. And then you get to the top and you've got to compete with Donkey Kong. And you got to throw the barrels back at him. And you got to use what you've learned along the whole way and throw them at Donkey Kong. That's right. Eventually you beat him. And then you go to the next level. And there's even more hurdles going all the way up and donkey kong's even harder to beat and so oh. we just hit these we just hit these i call them donkey kongs over and over and over again That's in life. and sometimes we get knocked by donkey kong and get thrown all the way back to the beginning yes and we gotta it's because we gotta do the whole level over again we need to go over and we need because we we missed something we took a shortcut too quick um, <laughs> That's right. so yeah That's so right. i i think of it i think of it kind of like that for those that don't know what donkey kong is go google and youtube it you'll figure it out <laughs> I gotta, uh, gotta know video games at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, you gotta, you gotta know. I don't think the 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 games now aren't aren't like those games as much. Yeah, no, know. they're not as simple, simple, but also but, just yeah, just yeah, basic and then but yeah. So so okay, cool. So so you've gone and you've now come out on your own, and I know yes. now you're doing. You've you've figured out a, a hone and a niche that you're doing, and you're probably working just as much, but you're actually doing your own thing and you're enjoying it, and you can actually Same. say no and stop. Yeah. Um, when you need to uh and i'm sure just like i have with my business as well it's the same thing i'm sure everybody out there that's listening has it you learn more and more as you do it of oh actually you can feel those that burnout coming in and you can go hey and if you're aware and you're recognizing you can go wait a second oh nope i need to take a break for a second i need to and schedule things in so, so what got you what got you to go towards the because we haven't heard anything about the religion side so far what made you go down the religious the religion trauma well over the many years of my own coaching training and also the coaches i've had and psychologists and psychotherapists that i've seen trying to figure out back in the day anxiety and depression and all the things nobody ever actually anytime i would express look i was raised in a in a, on a farm where I was secluded from everyone, where I was only allowed to have certain people in my life and certain friends and talk a certain way and be a certain, you know, all that sort of, like, I would explain my background little bits. Um, but, and I was always deep inside. I was like, it's the religion is the problem, but no one's allowed to say that. So I think for many, many years, we have been not allowed to say that religion's a problem because you're not supposed to speak against church. You're not supposed to speak against someone's God or their beliefs or whatever. And so all these years I'd been working on sort of skirting around the problems, hmm. trying to find something else when really the problem was the, what exactly happened when I grew up and all the things that come out of that. When did you find that? 
three years ago, four years ago, I think something like that. It was um, Dr. Marlene Wynell's book called Leaving the Fold. And she's a psychotherapist out of the States and her parents were missionaries and she does family therapy. And so I read her book and I was just like, my jaw was just on the floor the whole time. I was like, don't you just love those books you're reading? And you're like, that's me. Oh my God. That's I, I read a book called emotional survival on law enforcement. I sat there and literally every paragraph I'm like, was this me five years ago? Yeah, I was like, just, it feels like it. Thinking about it. Totally. Well, that's yeah. exactly what happened to me. And I was like, this is the problem. All these years, I've been saying this for so many years. I've been fighting with my parents about it. Like, Oh my God, this is it. And so, you know, while I was working for this as a career, as a head career coach and all that sort of stuff, I was sort of every weekend studying more and more and more about religious trauma as much as I can get my hands on because there wasn't anything, you know, it was like, mm. it was like literally, I mean, it's so much better now just this year even. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then uh, as I was saying, when I was starting to get burnt out and I could feel it, as you were saying, exactly those feelings were coming from that career coaching situation. Um, yeah. I just go, you know, this is where I think I need to be because I've experienced it. I've been through it. I've gone down every avenue you can possibly imagine. You know, I've become a witch. I've become, you know, I've done all the things that everybody does. They go, they go into metaphysical, they cult hop, they go to another religion over here to see if that one's better. They go to every psychotherapist or therapist that they can't, I mean, you name it, did all the spiritual things, did plant medicine, all this stuff. <laughs> And I was like, this is the problem. This is what needs to happen. And I got to put something together. So it just sort of, it was just meant to be. <laughs> really. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So we know how you've gotten to where you are now. We know yeah. the stems of it. We've heard the journey in that. As any viewer or listener who's been here for a while knows, I'm a why guy. Created, uh, literally, I've got a program now called Create From Why to create the 10, the 10 to 12 different areas. Um, it's going to be definitely 10, 10 different areas of your life uh, and taking your internal why and applying them to it and living by it. So it's, 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 it's getting that passion through. So I'm hugely passionate for the why I found this similar kind of thing was doing a, doing a course uh, and I was going through it. And I was like, holy crap. And then I went deeper than they even had you go through it. And I went, whoa okay there it is um yeah. and i know why it's like that too uh, so my why is i want to create less pain in myself and others yeah. uh to become the best version of ourselves so that's my why statement yeah. and that's what i live by and i can literally if things don't line up with that i don't do them so you know it's somebody was asking me somebody posted up a thing around the other day oh, does anybody know somebody that is that wants to be a gamer for a living and quit their job and i was like god no that just sounds horrible <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't line up with my why i mean okay. it, it just doesn't it, so, it doesn't sound good to me either <laughs> oh because I, I, like I, a I, nightmare <laughs> yeah it just sounds i mean I, yeah from a surface level cool yeah i can definitely and if i had to i could possibly but yeah no um yeah. so but there's different levels of things that serve your why you know um so uh stevie if i asked you what your why is that internal why that drives and i honestly have figured out that it comes from your childhood it comes from experiences when you're a kid positive or negative a lot of the times it's more negative but it is positive or negative 
and it is with us through our whole lives. It's why we've done the things that we've done, the things that have excited us and made us passionate about it. And we've enjoyed the things that when we think back through our life, we go, oh, that was fun because it lines up with that why. What would you say your why is, Stevie? Mine is definitely, without a doubt, to be the person I needed to, I needed when I was about, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, whatever, that young adult age and into my early 20s. And I was very, very lost in my 20s because I had nothing uh, and nobody to talk to because I had rejected religion. And so when you reject religion, you lose your family, typically, uh, when when they're hardcore. So I had no friends and I had no family and I had no money or income or anybody else. I had nobody to turn to. Uh, And when you lose your God as well, um, that's a big, it's, you're pretty much empty. There's just nothing. So my why is to be the person that I needed when I was younger. And also, also it goes deeper. Um, This is a transgenerational trauma and we're talking thousands of years. Many, many, many religions and churches and people in these churches have gotten away with literally murder, with rape, with genocide, with everything else. And I am furious about that. (laughs) I can see. (laughs) I can see the passion. It's good. (laughs) And I want this transgenerational trauma to end. I want the subjugation of women to end. Uh, I want the patriarchy to end. And that's another whole area that I want to see changed. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So be the person that you needed. Yes. Okay. Okay. My coaching brain saying it's deeper, but that's okay. We'll discuss this further. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> we'll discuss this further. Um, and yeah, I believe that that's deep. It's there, mm-hmm. but there's deeper. I like it. So um, it's all about asking yourself why it's important and continuing. So anybody who's listening, I'm going to take Stevie through this once we're done recording. If you want to hear that one. Um, yeah, we'll I'll put I'll put what we find in the comments uh, or in the in the description gonna, down below. We're gonna leave the patriarchy and the subjugation and all that stuff alone and just work on the yeah, just work on the why. It's just the why. It all has to do with the why. Oh, interesting. It all okay. Has to do with the why. So we'll put it in. We'll put it in the in the comments below. Uh, or what I might do is even if you listen to the very end, I'll put a little add on to our episode um, after the whole thing's done um, and say what it is. So. Um, Okay, cool. So that that's awesome. So the person you needed when you were when you were that kid. Uh, yep. Sweet. It, it that still totally all lines up with what you're doing and why you're so passionate about it. And yeah. you can hear it in your voice. You can hear it in everything. So that's amazing. Tell people how they can get in touch with you if they are, if they're one of those people, like who is the person that you're looking for to, you know, to, to work with specifically, but obviously we're going to say how people can get in touch with you if they have resonated with you on this and that, but who's that specific person that you normally find that you work best with? I work best with people that actually are ready to move forward. So, um, there's, I know that a lot of people are just discovering this about themselves and that it can be a really painful process of discovery. Um, but there's an, unfortunately there's, there's people stuck in story and enjoy telling that same story over and over and over again and how their life is ruined and yada, yada. I work obviously best with people that are ready to move forward because I will never stop moving forward. Mm. And I've explained that through my, my own story. Like I just always get up, 
put my big girl pants back on and figure out a way, even if it's really hard. I mean, I've slept in my truck. I've given my plasma for food and gas money or fuel money. Like I will find a way. So it's that person that I will work with. Someone who has typically been to a lot of therapists in the past, or maybe they just found this out, but they just really want to move on. They want to get their life together. They want to be able to make decisions. They want to become trigger free um, and feel happy and excited about life again, plan their future, reach their goals, that kind of person. I work best. Cool. Perfect. And how do they get in touch with you? Steve, you can go to stevienoah.com and there's a breakthrough call opportunity um, on the front page there. And you can just sign up there. It's 45 minutes with me. Uh, so a lot of times, if I have the time permitting, I will go longer if it, we need to, but that's going to be your one chance to sort of really, we get to know each other and I explain what I do and how I do it and why I do it that way. And if it's the right thing for that person, then we can get started. And, um, if it's not, then that's okay. We can go our separate ways and they can just use all my free stuff. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. Yeah. So stevienoah.com. That's real simple, real easy. We'll put it in the we'll put it in the description down below as well. Thanks. Uh, so last question I have for you is yes. what is your top tip to self-happiness? Top tip to self nature. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> that was honestly get your butt in nature, go for a walk, go for a hike. Um, and just spend a little time outside and just stay in awe. Love everything you see, or at least spend some time trying. Um, nature. She heals nature. everything. Love yeah. it. I love it. Uh, any last words, Stevie? No, thank you very much for the opportunity. And I hope that anyone that is out there, I'll, I'll say this for my last words, anyone that is out there that has just discovered that RTS, religious trauma, might be their issue or their biggest sort of overarching um, problem, I do want you to know that it can be healed, that you can move on and that you can create a life that you really, really, really do love and have a lot of fun. And I just, I know that a lot of people don't think so. Um, and they believe that they are ruined forever, but really it's just, it's really just neuroscience and brain science and you can fix that. So have faith in yourself. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I love it. I love it. Well, this has been an excellent episode. It's been fun. Thanks, Stevie. I really appreciate it. Um, I love the energy and the passion and the it's it's all it's it's really fun. Uh, and if you you know, as we always say, I say on all these episodes, don't try and take all of it away. You can go back and re-listen to it. Just take one thing. Just grab one thing, even if it's just getting out in nature. Uh, just grab one thing from this episode and and go run with it and master it and then come back and find another one uh, and also if you please can i know you'll know somebody that can relate to this or you go oh that person popped into your head at some point during this episode have a have you know have a share share it out there talk to somebody about it communicate uh, even if it's somebody that you feel is on that kind of depressed side and they're on that slippery slope um share it to them just say hey have a listen to this uh, we'd really appreciate one, but two, it's going to get out there. And for my why, it's going to create less pain for other people. So um, please do it for me, if not anything else. Uh, but otherwise, we always like to, you know, reach out to people. So if you know somebody that wants to be on this interview, let us know. We'd love to have them on. And uh, thanks for listening. And remember, uh, I like to go by the motto of train hard, test easy, because if we're training the body constantly hard uh, to our points we're constantly getting better uh that way when we do get that test uh that, that smack in the face by mike tyson that's testing us uh we at least can take it um pretty well so till next time we love you all and uh thank you very much 
So as you heard in this episode, uh, I would tell you at the end what it is that Stevie's real why that we identified, I believed, was deeper than uh, being the person that she needs to be for others. Uh, and we did. We worked through it. Um, we, we, we took it step by step. Uh, and what it actually came into was wanting to not feel lonely in herself and also help others not feel lonely uh, so that they could push past the internal pains. And so this is now her statement. And she instantly said, as soon as we were done uh, working through that, instantly said, oh my God, now I can, I'm, I'm more excited about doing posts on Instagram and Facebook and social, because now by doing a post, I am creating it so that people are not lonely. So you can see the impact instantly within a few minutes that it made. Imagine over a year. So remember, reach out to us and let's help you find your why. Let's help you create that dream life that you've always wanted. So you can have an impact like this of instantly taking one thing that is part of your business or a thing that you do in life that you're like, oh, I don't really enjoy that, to getting excited about it. Thank you for listening. And remember, find that why and apply it to your life. We love you and we'll talk soon.